What's up, Bleacher Fan Faithful? Welcome back to another episode of the Extra Point Podcast presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. We are riding with the dynamic duo again this week. Uh, Sully and Jones, Tommy Buns, taking in a week off. Um, but like last week, we're going to deliver a great episode. Um, so let's get right into it. Uh, we got to talk a lot of NBA today. Um, first and foremost, the NBA Finals. Uh did not see this one coming, I'd say. Um, I'm sure a lot of people didn't see it coming as maybe even as little as two weeks ago. Uh, but we have the Raptors and the Warriors. Um, and I guess the, the first question is, does Toronto have a chance at all? Are they Do they have a legitimate chance, or is it just kind of buzz? Or is are we going to see the Warriors flip the switch and it's going to be lights out immediately? Well, most people didn't think they had a chance against the Bucks, even once they won't. Once they tied it 2-2, we really didn't think they had much of a chance. And they won game five on the road and game six at home. Um, I find it very interesting how high uh, the website 538 is on the Raptors. They give them a 59% chance to win the finals. They're pretty solid in their estimation. So Wait, so they're saying they the Raptors have, are favored? Raptors are favored, 59% chance to win. Wow. As of two day, uh, as of a day or two ago. Um so they are very high on the Raptors. Um, I think it was, what was it, ESPN, BPI had them at 41 or 42%. So whatever metric you're using, um, it shows, you know, they're near neck and neck there, you know, within the 10% range. Um, so they definitely have a chance. Um, Kawhi is playing on an unreal level. Um, Kyle Lowry is playing up to his capabilities, especially shooting well from three-point land. Um Siakam has been getting better, and, um, you know, I mean, they've done all this with with getting literally nothing from Danny Green. Danny Green, someone needs to put a search warrant out for him. He's done nothing. Yeah, Yeah, I, like, forget Uh, he's on the team. Yeah, and and, and so they beat the Bucks in six without Danny Green doing a goddamn thing. And another key cog off the bench is Fred Van Vliet has been... Lights out the past three games. Um, he's playing starter minutes for them. They, they bring a Bach off the bench. I think they definitely have a chance. And I think with all these injuries the Warriors have, as they're currently constructed, I think they're fine. But it seems like there's going to be a lot of mixing uh, parts going in and out. Uh, Iguodala's got the calf injury. He should play, but maybe he re-injures it. Kevin Durant will come back most likely at some point. Uh, Cousins is definitely going to play. So it, it seems like a lot of mixing parts, a lot of injuries for the Warriors. Definitely anticipated going six games. Um, but, I mean, they, they definitely have a chance. It, it seems like Toronto's sticking with the same eight guys uh, for most of this postseason. Um, you know, they put Ibaka on the bench, they put Gasol in the starting lineup, and then, you know, and then other than that, it's, it's Van Vliet and Norman Powell has been very good off the bench as well. So... Um, they're, they're a great get, defensive team. They're going to have to stick you know, they, with those guys because, I mean, Gasol and Ibaka are going to get torn up by the Warriors. 
They just they can, but also can Gasol take Draymond Green down low? He might be able to. I mean, sure, but that's also like from Draymond Green is such a to me such like a hard guy to defend or even game plan around because his he, he truly scoring is like so far on the back burner that like yeah. he 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 scores when he has to. Like you, you it's hard to plan defensively for someone who's not like looking to score. Yeah. I, I, I think he presents a lot of problems, especially in transition, pushing the ball. Um, exactly. Stop Stopping him in transition is very tough. It's not going to be Gasol. It's going to have to be, you know, it's going to have to be, you know, Leonard taking taking the charge of picking up, up in transition, leaving maybe a shooter open. Um, yeah, the, you know. So I, I think Gasol on the glass will be able to handle him. Um, it's just, like you said, Getting in those passing lanes and and on transition is going to be really tough. Um, you know, I just, Curry's obviously Curry's obviously going to be really tough to stop for Lowry. I don't I don't know how he's going to do that. He's not a bad defender at all, but I mean, uh, who who are we? So Clay, I mean, obviously KD's not playing for at least the first game or two. Um, who's who's Kawhi going to guard? I'm assuming they put him on Clay. I mean, if you put him on Clay, I. I see that as kind of almost like a a dream scenario for the for the Warriors because that just, you just run Clay all over the court. He's just Clay's going to a track meet tonight. He don't even have to touch the ball. If you run him off three four screens all night, any that damage that it does to Kawhi is like from uh, you know fatigue and just getting you know hit going through the paint, getting hit on screens. I haven't like, seen him particularly fatigue affecting him that much, as much minutes as he played, though. I mean, yeah, it's gonna it, maybe it'll affect him a little, but... It's true. It, I just don't him, think he's been run around like that. Like, let's it's, see this. It's a him, different you, world that when you get run around and run off screens like that, it's yeah, tiring. You put, let's see, you put him on... Let's say you put him on Curry. Um, who, who does Lowry now guard? I, I, I guess... I don't know. I mean... Lowry's probably on Iguodala, then. That's fine, and then no. I mean, I feel like I feel like Clay would eat Siakam up with just if they did. No, I, they I think, ran I think, I off think that. Danny Green is going to get uh, Danny Green when he's out there is going to play on Clay. That's true, and maybe Danny Green has a bigger presence this this series because of that. I mean, Danny Green has been fine defensively. He always has exactly, been a very yeah. fine defender. He just can't sink a shot, which is so usually I mean, something I, he does. What? Which is usually something he does. Yeah. So. Defensively, it has a lot of negative effect. Uh, Norman Powell can defend as well, um, and Van Vliet will probably be out there too. So maybe Van Vliet will could be on Clay, which could be a size mismatch um, shooting over the top of him. So it, it's kind of like you can't take away everything from them. What, whatever you do, it's, yeah, and that's it, always kind of been the problem with the Warriors. Yeah, is, is that you know they've never you know there's that meme like when you you know when you hold. Durant to twelve, Curry to yeah. seven, and Boogie to fourteen, but Clay's got fifty seven. Like and that's just that's how they that's how they roll. Um obviously yeah, that's gonna is. be like But what something that really hurt Portland I found, um and I heard him in the Denver series too, was giving up offensive rebounds. Um Yeah. They really didn't do a good job at all. Which and, is odd because Cantor with the Knicks was one of the best offensive rebounders in the NBA. Yes. Oh no, I'm ta- I'm talking about um no, yeah, that that makes sense. I'm talking about preventing the opposition from getting offensive rebounds. Ah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it still applies to, because... To defensive rebounding yeah. for them. Yes. The defensive rebounding for them, which, yeah, Cantor's a better offensive rebounder than defensive rebounder. Um, and 
I mean, you know, I put look at the guys the Raptors going to have out there. Lowry's a bulldog. He's a great rebounder. Curry's very good as well. But Gasol, you know, he's he can box out. He's a big boy. Siakam's a very good rebounder. You know, we saw Kawhi coming off that 17-rebound game. They're, they're going to hit the glass hard defensively and offensively. They're going to have a size mismatch. Um, so you're not going to see, you know, Kevon Looney has been great. I know you're, you've liked how he's been playing. He has been an unsung hero. Um, he's not going to be getting 10, 12 rebounds a game, I don't think. No, no. I mean, you know, it's not, he's not, he's not going against, you know, uh, you know, uh, Mo Harkless, Evan Turner, you know, smaller guys, guys, you know, playing the small lineup. I don't think if they do, they can, they will go small times. They'll go, they'll go Van Vliet and they'll go Lowry. But then, you know, if Danny Green's out, they'll have Kawhi and Siakam and Gasol. Or, I feel or like... Ibaka out there. Ibaka's another very solid rebounder. Um, so I, I think that's something that we're playing the Warriors. You really need to limit is giving up extra possessions. Yeah, I have so many times you give up a two pointer, and what do they do? Clay comes back and drills a three. Like, yeah, so I, deflating. You, I have, just, you play defense for 20, 20 seconds, give the two pointer, can't can't get the rebound, and then they, they want to splash brothers drills you from three. It's. I just look at it from the perspective like this is going to be the Warriors' fifth finals in a row. And we, for the fifth time, they're going to be going in. Their weakness and what people are talking about is going to be down low. The big men, they're they're undersized. And it just, like, it hasn't worked. For the last four years, it hasn't worked, you know? And I just I just don't see, like, I mean, yes, this, this might be the most talented crop of big men they're facing in, in the five years. But at the same time, like, it's, you know, it's not like they don't have experience in this in this area. I just feel like if they... With the Warriors, it's it always comes down to the same things. If you can't stop them from hitting shots, if their shots and their ball movement are are what's working, even to half of their potential, they're unbeatable. They just are, um, and it's yeah. it's it's really deflating. But I just I feel like I'm not going into this like I'm not saying the Raptors have no chance, and I'm not saying that they can't find other ways to win. But in the fifth year of hearing. Well, the Warriors are undersized down low. The Warriors are going to get beat on the boards. The Warriors, if you're, if that's what you're coming at me with, like not you specifically, but in general, like I'm not here for it this year. I've heard well, it for, well, I've heard it for five years. Is, that that has been an advantage to them in past series. In what sense? I, I'm saying they beat Portland up down low. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Teams. I'm saying that cannot happen. Oh yeah, well they, you, you, they're, that, the Raptors are losing by 20, 30 points a game if that happens. If, you, if I'm saying Toronto needs to win the rebounding margin by eight ten a game, and now they're now they're they're in the in in the thick of things. Yeah, just um, just to be def- in it. Yeah, def- it definitely it definitely comes down to defense. But they've been a great defensive team. They really they really have a lot against the Bucks. The Bucks are the Bucks are different because their main ball handler Giannis can't extend the floor. Although he when he dribbles, he can make the three pointers. He just has no mid range game whatsoever. But you leave him out on on by himself. He he does that one dribble and makes the he can make the three. Um, but they do have a lot of three point shooters in, in that similar sense. As a, as a whole, they may have better three point shooters. Uh, you know, depth wise. Um, you know, obviously not the top two or three guys, but depth wise, they have pretty much everyone can make a could make a three. Um, but it's just they weren't getting any easy shots. Milwaukee. Everything was forced. Giannis was forcing it. There was nothing. There was nothing open for him. Um, uh, contested three pointers. That's all you can do. Contest threes. I mean, I'm sure Kawhi will spend times on Clay, 
on Curry and and especially Durant when if and when he comes back. I mean, you know the the uh, you know if there, if when Durant comes back, he's going to be playing doing a lot of ISO ball, and you know you definitely like your chances if you're a Raptors with Kawhi guarding him in ISO ball. I, I feel like Ka- uh, Kawhi is able to the the Giannis Bucks are constructed a lot like how. Uh, LeBron's Cleveland teams were, and and Miami, a little less so in Miami, but where it's just LeBron and let's surround him with three and D guys. Um, and we found that he can, Kawhi can beat teams like that in a sense by himself because he locks down the the LeBron or the the Giannis, and then yeah. those guys aren't there to create the way they normally are to give those that those rest of those guys those open jumpers or those pick and pop shots like it's just the offense flows throw flows so uh the majority of it flows through them so much that they can't play any other way and if Kawhi can even take that guy down from 100 to 75 percent that's the difference in the ball game and that's what we saw in the Bucks series and that's what we've seen him do oh, against yeah, LeBron sure. before. that's a good comparison the only thing though is the a lot of those Cleveland teams defensively were not at the level of the Toronto team this Toronto team that's true Except for one and, year, they and, had a good defensive team. LeBron is not at the level of Kawhi. No, but LeBron is. I'm no, saying, similar though. Similar. I mean, I mean, um, I'm comparing LeBron to Giannis and, and oh, KD yeah, yeah. in this sense, on a from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely, but okay, I, I see. Yeah, um, yeah. It's definitely a good comparison. I, I just think. I, but also, too, I'm saying I think Milwaukee was a lot better defensively, too, than the Cavs teams. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know? And they still got past them. I don't know. It just... It, I don't know. Like, Toronto's favored in game one. Uh, the Raptors are. I, yeah, Toronto. Yeah. By like I think, a, by, what is it, I think a it's a, it was a half a point or a point when I checked earlier half today. Half a point or a point. I mean, you know, obviously it's that for it's pretty much a it's pretty much a coin flip. But that being said, um, so who, who do you think will win Game One? I don't know. It's tough. I mean, uh, I I like I don't buy in completely to the point that like having more rest can like ruin you. But I do in certain situations, and I don't like for obviously when you're getting a guy back. That's a, a scenario, but like in game one, they're not getting the roster's the same as it was for their last game. Maybe Boogie comes back, but you're not going to count on Boogie for anything at this point. Um, so I don't know. I mean, uh, we don't know how they are banged up wise. You know, Kawhi's not 100%. That, that we know. Um, and that much he's admitted. So maybe that's in favor of the Warriors, but I, I don't know. I think Toronto, if Toronto's got What's any chance. injury again? I forget what I think a quad maybe it's something where it's like linger you know it's like some lingering issue um, that he obviously can still play through. They but. did have some rust though. They did what did they play. They played Saturday, so they had they have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They will have four full days. Yeah. So I don't. Right, know. I, I think if one, I think if the Raptors are gonna pull off, if they have any chance, I think they need to win Game One. Um, but you know, to say it's always that light switch with the Warriors that as soon as you think they're out, they they're not. They they go and win by twenty. You know. Yeah, they've been they've been turning it on mid game against Portland. Yeah, Portland. They were down. They were down in every game at halftime, right? Or three of the four games at halftime. 
by double digits yeah. too. Portland it, led for more minutes than uh, Golden State did in the series. That's insane. Yeah, it is insane. It's hard. It's hard to say Portland played bad with that. With that, and watching the games, they just couldn't close. Yeah. And Dame's, you know, and that's a sweep too. It's not like helped. it's not like oh, they went seven and like you know hard fought battles. Like it was a sweep, and they lo- they weren't leading as much. Yeah. That's insane. Um, well, moving on to that, I guess a little more about it. Do, do, do we think Cousins or Durant playing, does it matter? How much does it matter? Do we? How much of each guy do you think we'll see? I think I think they both matter in different ways. I think, I, I think uh, Steve Kerr will be very cautious um, with Cousins, rightfully so. Um, I think he'll play him short stints. I, I think he knows his team. I, I read uh, some comments about him that saying that he would start him. He would be playing him a bunch of minutes if this is a regular season game, but it's not. It's the NBA Finals, so it sounds like he's going to be very. He's. I'd say he's probably going to play by game two. It sounds like he's questionable for game one. I don't think he'll play. I think game two or so, maybe ten to fifteen minutes a game. I uh, don't think he'll have much of an impact. Maybe. He'll help, uh, you know, on the glass, but he, his conditioning, and he admitted it, it's, it's all about his conditioning, and conditioning isn't something, NBA-level conditioning isn't something you you get in, you know, in in rehab and in, in practice. That's that, not something, that was something also, you need. That was also never Cousins' strong suit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's clearly a little flabby, so, I mean, if Steve Kerr pulls the right strings, maybe they can neutralize the, you know, rebounding a little bit, but... Um, Defensively, you know, he's really struggling and, you know, his conditioning. If he gets lazy and starts fouling, he's not there. Um, you know, like someone like Siakam could, I think, could abuse him off the dribble. Like, just run circles around him with his quickness and explosiveness. Um, obviously, you know, more you know, more athletic, a quicker, at this point, quicker, um, more nimble. Not as, not as big as Cousins, but... I think he could definitely take him off the dribble for some for some slams, and, and he might just you know take some fouls, and you could you could see you know them getting in the bonus earlier. Um, but all all in all, Steve Kerr is a smart coach. He's really proven himself um, as every every level in the NBA. You know, a player, you know, front office. Uh, NBA coach, so uh, you know he's probably not going to do something to detrimentally hurt them, and he'll probably be able to make make an adjustment. So I, I it probably will be a wash. Um, but Durant, Durant just changes their whole off. I mean, Durant is completely different because Durant with Durant they're not passing the ball as much, and Curry isn't eating. Curry's got to take the back seat, and he gladly takes the back seat. And uh, it's just you know Kawhi's not going to be running around as much with him. If he's on Durant, he's going to be a lot more rested. And there's going to be, you know, 10 to 15 to 20 ISOs a game compared to 4 or 5 a game now. Yeah, I mean, but I, to me, Kawhi and Durant cancel each other out. Like, I just, you know, maybe Kawhi will be, play a little better just because his defense is a little better than Durant's. But at the end of the day, like, Kawhi being on Durant, like, Durant being back, not only does it, have Durant being back and all that comes with that, but it takes Kawhi off of another defender, whether that's you know Curry, Draymond, or or Clay, and that's just that's not an elite guy on one of those guys. And no, it isn't. But it just it it, it just it, it it really kills their ball movement, though. 
Oh, of course. I mean, but we, we've seen it. We've seen it both ways. The Warriors—they've yet to lose without Durant. I mean, they, I mean, the Clippers beat them twice. Yeah. I mean, they, so the, I mean, they didn't win the series, but they—I mean, the Clippers, who I love in their own right, they're feisty, but they won two games. You know, once they one they dominated, one they played the better game, and the one they had the miraculous comeback, but. You know, that was with Kevin Durant iso ball. That wasn't Steph Curry. Steph Curry was lost in that series. He was lost. Um, he was shooting, and he just wasn't making shots. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't see Curry putting up 35 a game with Durant getting 25-plus shots. No, I mean, it, it seems won't to happen. Take a, but, I mean, I think you got to also remember, like, Curry's not going to – Durant, no Durant, Curry. The odds of Curry having that poor of a shooting performance – throughout the NBA Finals is not great. I mean, I know we've seen in the past, but he's still the greatest shooter of all time. And if he hits 20 to 30% more than he did, those neither of those games happen. I mean, he shot... Yeah, but the, Clipper, the, the, the Raptors aren't the Clippers. No, but I mean, I, I, I still think there's, you know, covered, not covered, you can't, you can't as an opponent bank on Curry having those type of games just because Durant's back. It's gonna de- it, it it's gonna depend on the flow of the series, I think too. If if they're down 0-2, if they lose, if the Warriors lose the first two games and Durant comes back and Durant comes back, that will probably be a good thing for the Warriors or the Raptors. For the for the Warriors, because uh, because it'll be it'll be a, another a boost of confidence. Their guys back. They can go. They can, you know, they can spin in a different way. They can make different adjustments, like you said, with Kawhi off. Um, you know, if if Curry isn't shooting greater, you know, it, Toronto's gonna be favored in these two games by slight. But you know, if they won both these games, it's not an anom- an, an anomaly. I know? feel like whatever happens in Game One will dictate the line for Game Two. So we got. I mean, this is gonna close. This is gonna close. People are gonna put money on the Warriors as it gets closer, but or and. I just if the Raptors win game 1, this depending on who wins game 1, I think this line will be minus 2 and a half to 3 and a half in favor of that team in game 2. So if the Warriors win, I think it's a you know, minus 2 and a half Warriors in game 2 and vice, yeah, I, vice I, versa I, I for the Raptors. I think Toronto will win game 1. I I don't know. It's a tough environment in Toronto. It is. It is. Um I It think, is obviously it's tough really tough in Oracle. Um but two tough environments. It's I'm really interested to see it. I really never gave Toronto much of a chance, but they just keep I don't know. They just keep proving everyone wrong. I mean, some people had the Sixers, the Sixers beating them even. Yeah, I mean the Sixers are not an easy second round opponent. So like the quality of their opponent from the second round on has been, you know, quite you know for an Eastern Conference going through Philadelphia and then Milwaukee. I mean that's those are two really good teams with a lot of talent. Yeah, they had a so, real they had a real rough trip to the finals. Yeah, so uh, they're definitely battle tested. This isn't they're not gonna they're not gonna you know be terrified and you know lose by twenty. Um, but you know if they if they lose, uh, I mean are they gonna are they gonna lose some confidence? I don't know. I think I think they're definitely a lot more confident now. I feel like they think they got over the hump. They didn't. They did in many ways, but I feel like. You know, the whole, you know, LeBron leaving the East was great for them. You know, Giannis isn't LeBron. Um, you know, trading DeRozan for Kawhi was, you know, for for the current for the, the current day, it's like, you know, take that all day. Um, 
So they're a lot more confident team right now than than they were in the past. They're I don't think they'll be afraid of the Warriors at all. I, I would be shocked if they if they got blown out in one of these games at home. Yeah, that would be that would be surprising. But I, I can't I can't see them losing by more than ten or fifteen. Um, I don't know. This is they're a lot better than the Cavs team last year. But like the Cavs, the Cavs had their chance game one last year, and J.R. Smith blew it. I mean, if they have a chance. To grab by the neck, they they need to choke them out in game one. If they if they're in it, they need they need to win the game at home. I mean, better than the Cavs team last year. This Raptors team might be better than the Cavs team that won it all in 2016. It, I mean, it probably is. Tell me, tell me they don't have more talent top to bottom because you'd be wrong. They, they if, do. If you did, they do. They definitely do. Um, you know, it's it's you know it's just who who you like better, Kawhi or. Uh, LeBron and, and and another thing about Kawhi, Kawhi's game right now is Kawhi's passing better than he ever has in his career before. Like, uh, uh, that sorry, that's something I feel like that doesn't really get talked about enough. Is like Kawhi averages like two and a half or three assists for his career. Like yeah. he really doesn't pass the ball that much. And in the Spurs ball movement offense. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah, in, yeah. In which a, it was always a cause for concern, but on the flip side, he didn't turn it over a lot. But true, it, it, it was it's just very troublesome. And then you see him, you see him, you know, just his vision has been so great in in, in that series against Milwaukee. Just went uh, finding Marcus Ole in the corner when he's getting doubled, uh, when he's getting trapped, giving it up to you know Ibaka or Siakam. Now he's really made his decision making has been exceptional. I think uh, it, I think it probably like you talked about the Spurs ball movement era. Like the Raptors have decent ball movement, but it's not the Spurs. And I think. Them having that philosophy of just putting it at times, putting it in Kawhi's hand and letting him go to work, that's just put him in more situations to have assist opportunities. Yeah, that's true. And another, another thing is, too, is um, Kawhi doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah. He, he like, he, he really, like, ever. even when he's, he's, he's having these high assist games, he's, he doesn't, he's not turning the ball over. So, and, and obviously with the Warriors, Another th- another key to success is you can't turn the ball over, and and you need to turn them over. If the war- when the Warriors get careless with the basketball, that's when they're beatable. When when they're very beatable, that's how the Clippers beat them when they turn the ball over. But if you're not turning the ball over and you're winning the turnover ma- margin and then the rebounding margin, you have a great chance to beat them. Like if you're if they're if if they're keeping up eight ten turnovers a game like they've been doing. Uh, you know they'll be and and I would think none of them really turn the ball over a lot. Lowry doesn't turn it over particularly a lot. Siakam occasionally, but it's 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 a team that takes care of the ball and plays good defense and rebounds. So those are the two things: rebounding and turnover margin. They they need to win both of those. Agreed. Well. Sure to be an exciting NBA Finals, and uh, we'll be back on for what? It'll be three or four games into the final. Three games into the finals. I, I think it'll only be two or. Th- I think it'll only be two or three actually, because uh, so we have we have this game Thursday, and then we have um, then we have the game Sunday. So I, I think I think we'll, and then the following game is Wednesday. So we'll only be two games in. Oh, all right. Well, we'll we'll have you know, a great because, picture you know, of that. Because you know, we need 17 days 
um, separated per game, which is, you know, idiotic. And that's another reason why Durant and Cousins will come back, because there's so much time off between every game. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I mean, realistically, what by the time we get to game three or four, Durant will be looking at three weeks without yeah. playing. And also begs the question, it's a lot more serious than we, than we thought. You know, not saying that it's an Achilles, but it's not... Uh, this is oh, no, a weird it's, calf strain. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely like a calf strain, but it, it, there's no way. I thought it's it was just, too. I thought it was like a four to six week injury, really. When, like, by the way he came up on it, I'm like, that can't be. I, I, we've all had calf strains. You know, obviously th- this is more serious, but, like, a solid calf strain, I've had them before. Like, it, it definitely sucks, but, like, it, it shouldn't take you three weeks. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, I, I they can't. Class, it's, it would be against the rules for them, and they'd be in trouble for completely misdiagnosing it, you know, hiding something like an Achilles. Or, but, you know, we've seen video of Durant walking around and, and you know, standing on it and moving and stuff. He's been around the team a bit. So we know it's not – the dude's – if he had an Achilles injury, he's not walking around, like, you know, making yeah. moves. He's not walking. He is traveling with the team for game one and game two. All right, so, so that'll be is good. It, it's possible he plays game two, but I would I would highly doubt it. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think it's a lot is going to depend on I think, how I think how it breaks out. out finals, like yeah, agreed. Yeah, that he's makes not sense. there. I mean, I mean, you know, he he very well may leave, but if he's not there for game one and two, like peace, like see you in New York or L.A. Like I'm out. Yeah, agreed. All right, well, switching topics from the crown jewel of the NBA to the. Uh, dumpster fire of the NBA. For once, not the New York Knicks. It is the Los Angeles Lakers. A uh, couple days ago, or yesterday or the day before, um, ESPN released an article uh, about the Lakers' dysfunction that was reportedly two years in the making, uh, this article. Or research was two years in the making done for this article. Um, talking about basically all the, the terrible stuff happening in Lakerland now. Um the, the distrust of the front office, uh, specifically Rob Palinka, the, the magic, uh, you know, quitting. A um, lot of info from former players. A um, lot of bad-mouthing about uh, the way Rich Paul handles himself, the way LeBron can carry himself. Um, really just not a single good thing coming out of this article. Um, pretty much every, all the last things you want to hear about your NBA team uh, is what this article outlined. Uh, definitely check it out on ESPN if you haven't seen it yet. It's been the cover story for the last day. Um, but I mean, first off, like reactions. What are we thinking about this? Like, what does this, what does this do for them immediately? What does it do? For, what does it mean for them in free agency? Like, th- this is this is as bad as it gets in terms of what you're hearing from the out of the Lakers right now. Yeah. So I didn't. Uh, I didn't get to read the whole article. It's, like it's been crazy, obviously. But uh, for me, but so yeah, I've I've heard a lot. Of, you know, it's obviously an awful. It's an it's an awful look. I know I, I know the gist of it, but I think it depends on the player. Uh, I think it depends on the player and what what the player's looking for. Um, and, and obviously, stability is something you want as a player, but. I don't know. Someone like Kyrie Irving, I don't think it would deter him. If he wants to go play with LeBron, I think he's going to play with LeBron. If he wants to be, you know, if he goes plays with LeBron, he's going to be, he's going to turn into a villain, kind of. People aren't going to like that. The Knicks fans aren't going to like it. Net fans might not. Net fans may like it if they keep Russell. But a lot of people, Boston fans, are going to be like, 
fuck you. They're going to... Uh, he's going to get a lot of shit for going back to LeBron, especially how he left there and, and basically pointed the finger at LeBron. Then he's calling him, asking him to, you know, to mentor him how to be a leader. He's calling back to LeBron. It's not going to be a good look for him. I think it, it does work in many respects, but I don't think that'll deter him. Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler does what he wants. Or James Butler, the adult in the room. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think he's staying with Philly. Um, I don't think this would deter Jimmy Butler either. We've heard he very well could play, wants to play there. I think that's true. But I think someone like Kawhi, who's used to a very good, you know, handling of situations with the Spurs, with Pop, and, you know, and with Toronto there, they're handled very well, coached very well. I don't think Kawhi, I think this is something Kawhi season is like, thank you, next. Like, okay. Like, LeBron, thank you for trying to convince me, but I'm good on that shit storm. Yeah, I think Ka- people Kawhi like Kawhi definitely are out like, after that. Kawhi yeah. definitely want no part of that. Uncle, yeah, Uncle Kawhi, Dennis and, sat and home think, just rereading it could, this. It could affect someone like Kemba as well, I think, after, especially after making the third team, you know. I mean, how are the Lakers that much better than me than what I have here in Charlotte and can make an extra eighty million or whatever it is? Um, even a guy yeah, like Clay so, too, and and Chris Middleton. Like I never, I never even thought of Clay going to Lakers. I didn't either, but like I did at points. But Clay, if, yeah, if there was any chance, you kiss that goodbye. Yeah. yeah, especially being as spoiled as he as he has been with the Warriors organization, how well they're run from, you know, coach, coach and head on up to GM and. Um. Yeah, I mean it, it. And then who's the other guy you said? Um, Chris Middleton. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Chris Middleton doesn't want to get in there. <clears throat> I could see Chris Middleton signing for a little less money, staying in Milwaukee, or maybe he, he maybe he goes to Dallas. Um. You know, and joins up. Maybe you know he joins up with. Uh, you know the two European stars in Porzingis and Doncic. Yeah, Dallas is an interesting player. I mean, a lot, a lot of people realize how much money they're going to have. They have like $50 million plus in cap space. Yeah, so if they get another guy, that'll be that'll be really they'll, – they'll be, they'll be like contenders, I would think. Yeah, I, I, it depends on what Porzingis does. I mean, they, they got to go all in now because they don't have – they don't have three of their next five first-round picks. Yeah, I mean, I mean people forget – but Porzingis was, I mean, there's been a lot of shit talked about Porzingis, deservedly so. He's acted like a child, but, you know, there's a reason there's a lot of hype about him in New York. He, Yeah, I he, mean, he was incredible when he was, and it, yeah, and it he really was when he stayed healthy. Like, And it showed it wasn't just like he was a dude putting up big numbers. Like, him on the court directly translated to wins, and it was like a fucking fall off a cliff, like, when he wasn't there. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, I mean, I think, see, you, I mean, Doncic is turning into a star. Porzingis, when he's healthy, is a star. Middleton is a guy, it's not a star, but I think Middleton's so important in the current NBA because he can consistently make a mid-range shot, and he can get to a shot. And I think that's something that teams really fall away from, um, and it's so important when you're, when you're, and that's what the Rockets really miss. When, everything's layups. You know, lobs to Capella when they take that away. Three pointers. Harden take a three point. Harden doesn't have a mid range shot. Chris Paul does, but he, he's too short. He's too quick. He can't get over people. The Rockets law. The Rockets don't have a mid range game. You need a mid range game. Get that high percentage, twelve to sixteen footer. I mean, the, he'd always had that with Haslam, with Chris Bosh. 
I mean, it's so important for a championship team to have it. I mean, even Clay and, Clay and Curry will even do it, and they have it with Durant. I mean, it it's something to we're so focused on three pointers, but the two point shot, the mid range shot, is something that really can be utilized at times, and and Middleton is great at it. It's true. I mean, Middleton's really just a great all around player, and he's like he's a prototypical like uh, second star, second you know, he's rock, like a he's team a player. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, I don't know, I think he's... He wasn't great every game, and he, he had his bad games, but, he, I mean, he had a game where I think he was, like, 1-9 or 2-9, but he had 10 assists. Um, exactly. He, and he had 10 rebounds in that game as well. People won't really mention it, but, like, he, he finds ways to to contribute, whether it's defensively rebounding, passing, so... Yeah. Hope he would definitely gel in Dallas. Agree, but I think I, I think he probably stays put. Um, I think so, too. I think I think he thinks he knows they... they they did accomplish something special this year, um, you know, making it to the conference finals for the first time since what 2001. I believe so. Yeah, Ray yeah, Allen's on so, the team. You know, they did something special. They're got, they're probably gonna lose someone like Miritich. I think is gonna probably leave because they do have some other unrestricted guys. They're probably gonna want to resign Brogdon. My priority. I mean, you gotta be- resign Lopez at this point too. That's the thing is they have Brogdon Lopez. I think Lopez is a guy you can you can you can talk to and and say take a pay cut, especially for what the Lakers paid him. Yeah, I mean, but still, the guy's on basically a minimum this year. Like he's gonna want he's gonna want double digit millions, and he deserves it. I'm not saying he deserves a max contract, but ten to twelve. Yeah, he Lopez was exceptional defensively. He was in the top ten with uh, dr uh, defensive rating. Yeah. He was blocking shots left and right. Um, because he's really not known for def- to be a defensive stalwart, but he really protected the rim very well for them. Did you know, I saw a crazy stat today. This year, Brooke Lopez had more blocks in a season than any year of Kevin Garnett's career, and he had more threes this season than any year of Kobe Bryant's career. That's incredible. Yeah. And he's a $3 million center. He's making $3 million this year? Three and change, yeah. Wow, I didn't know he's making three million this year. What did he make? What did he make with? Uh, what did he make? Like twenty something with the, with the Lakers? Eighteen, nineteen. He was on max deal. It, it was it was absurd. So that's why what let him I guess take the pay cut. So maybe you know, he's not he's not gonna. I mean, would exception? What is it? Six million. Uh, mid level, full mid levels like eight point six. Oh, full or... mid levels eight, and then what? And what Demarcus had was like five and a half. Right? Yeah, it's like four point eight nine or four point nine or so something. So maybe like that. the full mid level at eight million. I mean, that's still five million more. Eight million. Maybe he would. Maybe he would do that, and then they and then they resign Brogdon and uh, Middleton, and they let Miritich walk walk because he can't. He, uh, Miritich is good, um, but you know he can't resign everyone. He doesn't defend well. He can rebound, but. And they really didn't give up that much for Miritich. They gave up uh, Thon Maker and a couple of second no, rounders. They, no, they didn't. Thon Maker. I, I, someone said, I remember, like, oh, Giannis will be upset about that. He lost Thon Maker. Like, you think, because they're, they're friends. Like, yeah, I'm sure they had a good relationship. But you think, you think basketball-wise, he gives a fuck they lost Thon Maker? No, he doesn't care at all. No, I mean, Thon Maker could be good in, like, three years, maybe. <laughs> but, like, he, he's shown nothing. Yeah. That's an unfortunate reality. Well... We, we strayed a little bit from Lakers' dysfunction, but we kind of did touch upon um, <laughs> the next topic is uh, the Pelicans reportedly met with Anthony Davis today uh, to discuss a possible future. 
Um, what are, we haven't heard too much about what's come out of the meeting yet, but I mean, is there any chance he stays now with what you know the the Pelicans are in line? I mean, obviously they're getting Zion, but you know, the, is there any chance he sticks around? Is there any chance Griffin can convince him to? Is that a good move for him? Is it a good move for the Pelicans? I mean, I think there is a chance they can convince him to say because, like I said, right after, right after he gets drafted, you don't want to flip. You don't want to be flip flopper. You don't want to be Anthony Davis. You want to be like, okay, we got the number one pick. I'm back in. The fans are going to be like, what? Like, like, like. I wouldn't like that as a fan, even though you know you want to keep Anthony Davis. Like, you want someone that's loyal. You want a Kemba. You want a Dame. You want a guy that's gonna gonna stay through. You want a rough rider like Stephen A. Smith. You want someone that's gonna stick through the tough times. You don't want someone that's gonna cowardly run off. And then once you get reinforcements, you want to leave. So I think rationally, if Griffin has a plan, he presents it to him. I'm sure he has a plan. Draft picks, all potential free agents, uh, a plan for a quick rebuild, which is possible with this team. Shows him what he wants to do. How he, how he's going to be a part of it? How you know how Zion will be a part of it? Um, Andrew, all those guys. I think I think he can he can convince him to stay. Should he? I don't know. I mean, if you can get the if it's it, it really is where the value is. If you can get if you can get great value for Davis, you trade him. I mean, you know, if you can if it, but that's very rare in today's NBA. Normally, when you trade a superstar, you're getting back. 75 cents 80 cents on a dollar you're not getting you're you're not getting the full you know like the when the bulls got rid of jimmy butler or whatever you can you know the the calves and Kyrie irving you're 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 selling for smaller parts that don't equal to the whole um but there's going to be some great offers like the lakers and maybe maybe boston comes up with a really great great offer so you definitely have to consider both options if he's willing to stay because just because he stays doesn't mean he can't, he can't be traded. Yeah, that's true. And maybe that's a that's a move that Griffin's thinking about. Is kind of, you know, you're if you change his opinion, at least in the eyes of the public and the other teams, maybe that ups the offer by an extra pick or an extra role player. Yeah, because if you're the Lakers, you know they you know they got a decent squad. I mean, Julius Randle will probably opt out, but you got Drew, you got Drew Zion and Anthony Davis. It's also big on what the, whether Davis accepts or calls in his, his trade kicker or not, because he's got a fifteen percent trade kicker. So if he declines the trade kicker, then he's looking at you looking at about twenty one and a half million for him. But if he doesn't, all of a sudden that contract becomes twenty six and a half million, or twenty six million roughly. So that that can complicate things, especially for I know for the Knicks and the Celtics. I'm not. I'm looking at the Lakers cap now, and I'm not doing quick math. I, I, it obviously would complicate things for them too. Um, but I'm just trying to see how. Now, much. why, why would he do that? Why would he make less money just to go to somewhere where he wants and then get locked up after? Essentially, yes. He, he would be paying five million to make it, make the trade go through. Because there are obviously there are scenarios where that, that five million is make or break. On yeah, Earth. so that, that 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 that's him saying that he's okay taking the five million less to go to a place where he wants to be. Yeah, I mean that's that's it's to give them the chance to sign another guy outside of that. Because if the Lakers trade right now, they trade. That's how it is with the Knicks too. They can sign if he doesn't accept the trade kicker, they can sign Durant and Irving or Durant and someone else outright, and then 
still trade for AD. They have the the money to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the set with the Lakers, it's you know you have Lonzo and Ingram combined for roughly just short of sixteen million, and then you got Mo Wagner, who is the next highest paid guy, who makes just over two, and Kuzma makes just under two. So those guys combined are are four. And there's your twenty-one million right there. Your twenty twenty-one million. If you add in Josh Hart, there's that's your twenty-two million, and mm-hmm. you're right there on the kicker. And that basically, if he doesn't net that out, if he nets that out, then or doesn't accept it, then you got um, enough to still sign another guy. If he doesn't, that's not the case with the Lakers, and it's not the case with the Knicks, and I'm pretty sure it's not the case with the Celtics. Well, definitely the Celtics can't uh, afford anyone, but they they have to make the salaries match. So mm-hmm. that's obviously you know five million could be another player for them that they have to give up. Um, so it's that to me that's what that's as a as a Knicks fan and what NBA fans should be worried about is is this him conniving his way to the Lakers by not taking that trade kicker and still leaving them enough money. To sign another guy, so we could be sign looking, Kyrie. Yeah, to sign Kyrie or Jimmy Butler. Um, so we could be looking at like I don't want to go like on record saying because I haven't crunched the numbers exactly, but I'm assuming there's a, there's potential that if they, if done right, we could be looking at a, a three star, a LeBron, AD, and a third star signing, especially if someone decided to take a pay cut. So that really that's like that. I think that really increased. This is the urgency for the trade for the Lakers, though, because Kyrie's much more likely to go if there's another star. Already. If if Davis is there, then um, See, Kyrie that, can. To me, that's yeah, that's but that's what kind of complicates thing. It does. I agree with your point because of this, because mo, more than likely the the Lakers and and the Celtic or the Celtics and the Knicks won't be able to make moves until well after free agents have decided, and the Knicks are certainly doing that the Knicks even in the Knicks best case scenario they have to have two guys signed before they make that deal yeah so you're right in the sense that the Lakers have to they they should be on the phone July they should be on the phone now with the Pelicans trying to make this deal happen because no one else can negotiate before July 1st even if they wanted to they don't the Knicks Mm -hmm. don't want to but they're not even allowed to you know same with the same with the Celtics um so the, if I'm the Lakers, I'm doing everything I can to make this happen by draft night because they they don't have any any other option if they want to if they they're gonna lose out and the at very least the price will go up. And then yeah, and then back to your point before the and the whole Lakers dysfunction. I mean that doesn't help the the, the odds of a trade. Exactly, exactly. Just 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 for you know dealing with you know the owner said over my dead body. I mean. <laughs> His body's still clearly dead. Like after hearing that with Plinky, he's like, "This piece of shit." Like I don't want to deal with this guy. Yeah, that's another thing. Like you gotta like you gotta think about that when you're like when you're a billionaire. Like you probably like her franchise. What's her franchise gonna be worth? Like ten ten million dollars less for a week because like she won't trade him to the Lakers. You know, like she doesn't give a fuck. Like there's probably a point where you're just like when you have that much money, you're just like, "Yeah, fuck you. I'm doing it because I don't want to." I don't want to deal with you. Like, over my dead body, like, I meant yeah. it. I don't care if you're giving me the best offer. Fuck you. I'm not dealing with you. You have to mm-hmm. learn a lesson. And I think we're finding out a lot through this Lakers dysfunction how, like, personal that side of the business can be. 
Like, we're hearing all this stuff about how hated Rob Plink is. Like, and that's like, you know, obviously I said today, that's what makes him a, made him a good agent, but that's what, that's the last thing you want to hear about a GM. A GM, you need him to be friendly with everyone in the league. You need to, you need him to be a welcome call when the other guy on the end of the line picks up. He doesn't want to think that every word which, you're which saying to him is a lie. Which, on face value, Magic was coming into it. Exactly. Yeah. Which I, is why, which is why there was optimism about it. His, his smile lights up the room. He brings the attention. He's he's just a guy that you you like to be around. He seems like he enjoys his life. The work ethic is another story. Him doing the hours, but and then Polinka really kind of took that away from him. Yeah, and so. that's and it's weird because not even like the co- whole Kobe. You thought about the Kobe thing with Heath Ledger, with the the story the story that Polinka told. He told some story uh, the other at some point this year uh, that. Um, after seeing the Dark Knight, Kobe was like so infatuated with Heath Ledger's performance and like how he got into that mental that mental space. He he like had Palenka set up a meeting, a dinner with Heath Ledger. Um, obviously, Heath Ledger was fucking dead when he was supposedly having dinner with Kobe, according to Rob Palenka. So um, he got a lot of shit for that. Uh, and rightfully so, and it just kind of opened up. That was kind of the the. Gate. Wait, so he Kobe wanted to, wanted Palinka to have a meeting with Heath Ledger while he was dead. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. Palinka Palinka told this story that that that's what Kobe wanted, and Kobe apparently, who was Palinka, was Kobe's agent for eighteen yeah. years. Um, apparently, Kobe was like furious with Palinka, and I'm just like, if you can't get like if you're not gonna be truthful with a guy that literally was your number one client for almost 20 years like probably your best client in your the history of your life i mean i don't think he rep he didn't represent michael jordan and he didn't represent anyone else in the top four or five discussions so kobe's his his golden goose and i just don't like if you're gonna if you're gonna do some shit like that to kobe and put kobe in the middle of something like that I, that says a lot. Why is Kobe so close to them still? I don't know. I mean, you know, it's like uh, you know, it's like Ari in in Entourage. Like he's he's a scumbag to everyone else, but he fucking he went to he went to fight for Kobe, went to battle for Kobe. You know, it's kind of like it's like I said, made him a great agent, yeah. but it everyone fucking hates him, and that's kind of yeah. how it is as an agent. Do you see? Do you see Kobe eventually fulfilling the GM role at all? Not for a long time. I think it's kind of like a Jerry West type thing, where he'll. Uh, It'd be an advisor. Yeah, he'll maybe he'll be an advisor, but like you know, Jerry West was an actual GM too. But like, I think he needs some. I think Kobe first wants some time to just be a fucking person and Decompress, not. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think you know, as time goes on, he'll start to get more and more involved in the game. Whether that's from a, a advisor role, such, he's such a workaholic. Yes. Yes. And uh, you know he's got the other stuff going. The guy won a fucking Oscar already. I mean, I know he's just doing everything. Like he's just yeah. killing it. He's he's so. still got detail. He does detail all year, um, the show. So I think it'll take a time for him to kind of make his his rounds through Hollywood. Because um, like even you know our whole his whole career and our whole lives, Kobe was in with the Lakers, and we didn't really see him in anything, like Hollywood wise. Think about it. He wasn't no, in he shows. Wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't a commercial in. Guy. Yeah, he was in. He had his commercials for his like few brands that he was, you know, big on. But he but, was. He wasn't even like it wasn't like it wasn't like Jordan with commercials or Garnett with commercials or 
LeBron. I think Jordan like, is wasn't really. I think Jordan is special because Jordan was like coming up right as like celebrity endorsers became a thing. Like it, it just wasn't the case in like the fifties and sixties. Like you know there yeah. was the the few cases of the, you know Mantle and Maris with M and M's and like stuff like that. But like you weren't. It was really like where iconic brands Jordan's era was really when iconic brands started to really be like focused on the the celebrity athlete the celebrity endorser and Jordan was just at the forefront of it um but I mean I agree like look at I mean look you can compare LeBron LeBron is was in you know he's been in a bunch of cameos you know shows he's a producer on every fucking thing that's ever been on a screen apparently um so it's just like he he's in that life before he's been in it for a decade I mean doing shit like that and that's not a not a bad thing. It's just an observation between him and no, Kobe. No, no, it, it's probably a good thing, LeBron. I mean, LeBron maybe too. I mean, a little bit too in, or much invested in that now. But it's always he's always taking advantage of it. Yeah, I agree, and it's a, it's a good thing. But it's just it's curious to that yeah. how little Kobe has been involved in that. It, realm. It's like kind of like a Dirk thing too. Dirk's never really that way either. True, but Dirk, Dirk was in the backyard. Kobe, but Dirk is similar time period, and Dirk is just he's you know. He's not. He's not a Hollywood guy. He's not a commercial guy. He's. But then look at Shaq, who was on the same time as Kobe. He's in. They came to the Lakers together essentially. That's Shaq was in Shaq all types Jesus. of shit. Shaq is. He was in everything. I mean, yeah. movies, TV shows, commercials. He was everywhere. So it's just like Every, it's funny to see those Shaq, two, and not because he, not because of him as a basketball player. Correct. He's Shaq. He does. He does icy hot. He does the the general. Like what? Like he's just. Like he does all these random commercials you see every day, like, yeah, it's incredible. But I don't know. That's that's uh, I don't know about you, but I'm more excited for this NBA offseason than I've ever been. I am too. And then one one question. I want to hear what you think. Do you think Jimmy Butler, LeBron, and Davis works? Um. Yeah. I'm I'm talking make the finals or win the finals. I think they're a lock for the Western Conference Finals. I probably agree with that. I don't know if it works, though. It depends on how they build around them, because what do we see this year? Like, oh, we're going to get just playmakers. It was terrible. Everybody yeah. everybody I mean, except just, Magic just, Johnson and Rob Polinka knew that Lakers team wasn't going to work out. Yeah, it's just, it, I mean, it's just a team, it's like a team built on, like, a lot of wings and a lot of forwards, not really guards. You yeah. know, I mean, I mean, if you have those three guys, you're not going to have like a you know star guard. You're gonna you, maybe you have someone good. Maybe you bring Rondo back, which would be really beneficial. Um, if you could have a playmaker like Rondo, but um, you know, I mean, if you have like a I don't know a DJ Augustine, like you know, if you have someone like a, a bum as, as one of your guards, like it's not it's not going to work, like. It, I don't know. People say it's a guard lead. I'm not really too. Con- it's guards and wings and bigs, uh, but it's like it's kind of like two wings and a big. But Anthony and ne- none of them really shoot three pointers at that high a rate. Yeah, I mean, if I, listen, if I'm the Lakers, and this is like honesty, this is not me like you know just wishing the Lakers weren't like good or get guys. Like if I'm the Lakers, I honestly I just take my off season. I I focus on one guy, sign him this summer, and ride with those two guys, LeBron and this whoever this star is you sign, and the young guys. 
I mean, there is validity to what the Lakers did with their full starting lineup last year. Yeah. They were good. I mean, yeah, they, they were, were legitimately the good. They were, they were, they were, they were good. People forget that quick. Um, I think people are also underrating Lonzo last year. I know he was yeah, hurt a lot. Injuries. Uh, he was hurt a lot, and that's I think that's something that people are missing. Um, Lonzo was great last year. Lonzo, I, if you don't think that Lonzo can be like have a Ben Simmons type impact on a game or something like that, far. like he's one of the best, if not the best, on ball perimeter point guard defender in the league when he was healthy last year, and his shot is improved. And he, we obviously always knew he had amazing vision coming in. Um, I just think he plays, and he's still I, so young. Yeah, and he's twenty. I just like I don't. People, it's you know, it's, people look at the numbers solely because his numbers went down across the board last year overall, total wise. The rebounds, you know, the the assists, because his minutes were down with Rondo, and you know, with LeBron there, less, you know, you know, less less to go around, and you know, LeBron's getting those rebounds now too. Um, so his numbers overall didn't look as impressive, but it, I mean. The presence he he instills defensively, and then how he can play make he definitely very important that's on that a, team. That's like a, a, a overarching point. I I've, you know I've gotten into some discussions. I won't call them arguments, but uh, discussions on social, like specifically Twitter, with people, and it's just like the, this gener this like I don't want to say generation, but like this this new wave of like how we consume sports and sports highlights. It's it's you you see how many people don't actually watch games and don't actually know what they're watching when they're looking yeah, at they a game. Yeah, they just go by the stats. They see the two-minute clip on Twitter. They see the the reactions on Instagram, on Twitter, and, you know, the the, the stat sheets on Instagram and the, the infographics and stuff, and they just don't, they don't get it. They don't, like, you know, like we talk about all the time, efficiency, defense, decision-making, just general basketball IQ. You, you, you know, you're... Anyone who's watching Harden knows about these these incredible deficiencies in his game, and similar to Westbrook. And it's like no one's denying he's putting up incredible offensive numbers, but you have to look at the asterisks. And you, if you can't even admit to me that there's an asterisk or a downside to what he's doing, then you got it, it. You're telling me right there you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I've already you've already lost the argument in my mind. Yeah, and it's just I feel like that's. You know, reverberating through all of the all of the sports, but specifically the NBA, just because it's such a socially driven league, and you know, it's the NBA soap operas all the time. But it's disappointing in that sense. But you know, hopefully, hopefully it'll it'll change. But who knows? But overall, I think that's all we got for this week. Uh, it was a pleasure again, everyone who listened. Uh, give us a follow on social at Bleacher Fan. Our Bleacher Fan Sports, pretty much everywhere you want to look. Uh, We'll see you again next week.